0: What's going on it's your girl Summer Willow and this is Karen and we are the ladies who love <laughs> hip hop and you're listening to the Michelle Mission with Lenny and Vince y'all yes two men one podcast every black film ever made and they are rocking out are you listening are ya Hey, welcome to another stop on the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams, and I am joined by, back from his vacation. Yo, what's up, Holla your boy. This is Lynn a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And I hope you're well-rested, Lynn. I am very well-rested. I rested. hope you're well-rested. Yes. I hope you are healthy. I hope you are ready, because mother... May I Have Another has begun. Yes, it has. Mother, May I Have Another has begun, and we are going to begin it right. We have gone (laughs) big instead of going home. (laughs) And we're going to talk about 2002's Adventures of Pluto Nash. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that... Yes, we, uh, as always, like to go through all of the feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you. Um, that hits us up on Facebook and Instagram and twitter at me show mission um and also our members of our facebook facebook group and one of the things that we've gotten big feedback on and I think it um we definitely want to spend a little time on is the very untimely passing of Director, producer John Singleton. Yeah. <clears throat> the age of 51. Yeah. Passed away uh, due to a massive stroke that he uh, actually suffered, I believe, last week. Yeah. And then had been in the hospital with it. John Singleton, known primarily as the groundbreaking director of Boys in the Hood. Yes. Back in the 80s. Also was a director of and producer on Poetic Justice. Yeah. And, um, went on to become one of the directors and producers of uh the Fast and Furious, yeah um, oh yeah movie franchise and a name that has popped up more than once here on the michelle Mission. absolutely as we've reviewed absolutely more than a few of his films yeah he i mean he's he's part of the fabric of the show, yeah, I mean he really is, and it's fair to say that since he his movie debut with Boys in the hood he has become a indelible part of the fabric of black cinema and black hollywood over the last few years. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's 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 insane. Yeah, right. It doesn't even feel like it's real. Like like how's John Singleton gone? Right. You know, he's only 51. It, it seemed like he should have had decades mm-hmm. ahead of him and and you know as you as as you said, we, John Singleton's been a part of this show almost since the beginning. Yep. You know, we we've talked about we talked about poetic justice. We um, you know, we've had a lot of fun, and you know, I think people know that it was good natured fun with Baby Boy. Yes, uh, yes. We, you know, just last summer was that last summer Higher Learning when we talked about Higher Learning yep. and, and how Higher Learning was a much I'll just say a much better film than I remembered, mm-hmm. and you know, I always felt good. Kind of, kind of, tussling and grappling with John Singleton in his films yeah. because he was somebody that should be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you know, again, like Baby Boy has become like a running joke, and 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 you know, we make fun of it and this, that, and the other. But I never felt like we were punching down or or, or mocking, right? Like it really was. This was a man and a and a creator of a certain stature that basically you could do that with and and it's it's a real loss you know it's yeah. a it's a real loss at at 51 you, you know it's no telling what was ahead of him and you know what he could have done so shout out to john singleton shout out to the singleton family yes shout out to to any missionaries that that because i feel like one or two of our friends are 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 <laughs> fr- were friends yeah, with John Singleton, so, certainly. So you know, our, our 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 thoughts and prayers are certainly with you as well. And it's a real loss. It's a very big loss. Very big loss um, for Hollywood in general. Like you said, he has made a made his name in movies and also in television. He's he's touched work on television. I believe he is um, one of the producers behind FX series Snowfall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As well. Yeah. So, um, which is a very underrated show yeah yeah uh he wasn't just the producer was he, i thought he was the creator he may have been the creator yeah i, yeah, I, I know his, he was he, very he, much involved in it yeah yeah um you know uh not you know not to um you know let, let's just put it we all lost another member of black hollywood over mm-hmm. the last few days uh this one maybe a little bit of an unsung name larry flash jenkins mm-hmm. uh who starred in ferris bueller and and fletch yeah oh, passed yeah. away at the age of 63 himself from a heart attack yeah uh he was a star on the white shadow i remember him on the white shadow back in the day yeah uh, um, as an actor, he was seen in 2017's uh, Um Over the years, he's appeared on shows such as, I mentioned, The White Shadow, The Shield, The Fugitive, Home Improvement, MASH, as well as in films Body Double, Armed and Dangerous, and Fletch. He's perhaps best known uh, as one of the two guys who take a joyride in Cameron's I was Dad's car Ferris Bueller. from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Uh he also directed the um gospel-tinged movie Marriage Vows and was working on another project with Sony at the time of his passing. Um uh, he's a very familiar face if you're a fan of 70s and 80s movies and I television. Say, I remember from the you 80s. You know his face. Yeah. Um and it and, and it really uh you know, our, our heart goes out to his family at the time of his passing, as well as well which well wishes to. Uh, I believe, you know, <laughs> you know something's in the water. People Bryson actually I, just suffered man. a, uh, a stroke saw, himself. I saw that. Like wow, man, the, the R and B singer Peebo Bryson. For that. those maybe not familiar with the name, it just uh, uh, suffered a. A stroke. He's um, I they say he's recovering. I'm, I'm look. I'm look. I'm gonna just take a second. All the missionaries who aren't black men, y'all just sit for a second. Brothers, take care of yourselves. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, there. Go, is, go see a doctor. Yep, yep, yep. It's the silent killer. It really is. There is no, you know, it, there. It, there is no warning signs. No. You can be as fine as possible. And look, I'll I'll be the first one to I'll put it out there. Um I've walked around most of my life with very high blood pressure. Right. And didn't do anything about it. And to look at me, you know, I'm not like overweight or, no, more, no, or no. anything like that. You're gorgeous. Just, well, yes. You're gorgeous, Lynn. But um I um uh, within the last like two years just realized, you know, like, yo, I I made it through with my daughter. Right. You know? God bless. Uh, but I wanna be here for my grandson. Absolutely. And and I wasn't feeling anything. No, 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 no. Preventative. But, like preventative. A couple of years ago, I went and got my blood pressure checked and they literally said, We don't know how you're walking around. Right. How you have not had a stroke yet. It right. was that high. Yeah. So I got on the medicine and have been, you know, working changing the diet yeah yeah. everything you know you know you slip up every once in a while but as long as you're you're cognizant of this stuff right and and being proactive about it because that's the best thing my dear friend chris morant says you have to fund your vices is that what it is yeah so so you know it's not a matter of of just changing everything because something dramatic happened it's being proactive funding your vices mm-hmm. and then you know just kind of keep it moving yep you know you don't do stuff every day right you know you can't have a cheesesteak every day exactly you know exactly speaking of which on my um on vacation uh i you know it was vacation yeah it's a vacation so, so i was trying to like you know just i was just eating yeah yeah but, you're on vacation. but, but i purposely didn't I didn't go wild eating. Okay. And like so I made sure that when I was eating it was like it was, you know, uh because like in um in Epcot you can like eat around the world. So like delicacies from, from different yeah, places. Cause I drank around the world at Epcot. Oh yes, I did that as yeah. well. I did that as well. Epcot is awesome. Yes. Yes. There is something in the Netherlands part that's called a troll cream. Okay. They give it to you in like a commemorative plastic uh like stein. Mm-hmm. Man, let me tell you, I I'd had to do about three or four of those bad boys. Okay, and and look, what, let's transition because it's getting a little depressing talking about old men talking about the hell. <laughs> let's transition into the how was Disney World? How was your your Florida? Okay, excursion? well it's about to get just a little bit more depressing. But- <laughs> But but four reasons. Four reasons. One, I had a ball. Okay. I had excellent. a ball hanging out with my daughter excellent. and my grandson yes. and and, and um, my son-in-law and his family. Yes. That so we were all in one huge Airbnb that awesome. my daughter got and it was great. It was fantastic. My lady had a good time. Kiss me life is what I saw. Yes, kissing life. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, my my lady was there, and she brought her grandson, and beautiful, and he gets along with my grandson. They call each other cousins, so Aww. they were just running around. So it, it was great. It was great, and Disney World was great, especially when you have two people, as my daughter and her husband, who get military discounts. All right, that now. is the only way to do Disney. World. Hey man, the only it way. It, no, no, it's not cheap. It is not cheap. At, at all. No. Um, but with the military discount, it's very affordable. All right. So it was great. And I love the Magic Kingdom yeah. and that was dope. And Animal Kingdom was really fly, mm-hmm. you know, it was uh, really cool. Epcot Center, Epcot is definitely more learning because you're learning about the world sure. and history and, and all that type of stuff and, and ecology. But there's also alcohol, so it, it so it makes evens it go out. down yeah. great. Yeah. And then Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios is kind of cool, but you can definitely see that that's being built up. I was up. about to say it wasn't there when I was there last time. Right. So it's being built up. Like the Toy Story, it, I got, they got Toy Story Land there. Nice. Really cool. Okay. But it's, it's definitely kids. Right, right. You know, and the, the Star Wars attraction or Star Wars Land. Oh, my goodness. That's there. That's not built yet. But it's going to be Ridiculous. Yes, because you can tell it is literally half of what Hollywood about, Studios right, is. They've carved out the space for it. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Exactly. And then, because of this weird deal that um, Marvel Marvel had already in place mm-hmm. with Universal Parks and Universal Studios when Disney bought Marvel, mm-hmm. there are no Marvel characters at disney interesting at all except the guardians of the galaxy there i believe there's a guardian of the galaxy ride mm-hmm. but even that doesn't say marvels on it right it just say gar- guardians of the galaxy now disney plans to open up a superhero land in california Uh, where uh, they will have some Marvel stuff there, but they won't be able to call it Marvel so they'll be able to call it like Spider-Man whatever, right. Captain America whatever but they can't call it Marvel and they can't advertise the space as Marvel land, it has to be superhero land okay. it's really strict because if you go to Universal Studios in Florida, that's where all the Marvel characters are, Right, but they can't, they can't say Marvel either, so they can just say Spider-Man and Captain America it's really weird, it's all about remember when Stan Lee was just selling off whatever, signing his name on everything you know what, it, I mean we gotta transition to to end game a little bit. No spoilers because it's still fairly. But 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 we can talk about that. And I mean, like basically what you said. Yeah. Like when you look at the dumpster fire. Yes. That was Marvel's legal existence, mm-hmm. even fifteen years ago. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah it's none crazy. of that surprises me. It's 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 insane. It's, it's insane. <laughs> Nothing you just said surprises me at all. It's insane because yeah. you go into the Disney stores. There's. Mickey, there's Minnie, there's yeah. Donald, there's Star Wars, no Avengers. Right, and you're saying Stanley was selling it willy nilly, like they were trying to keep the lights on. True that. So true that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that stuck in my craw a little bit. Okay, because of all of the attractions in all of the four parks, my favorite attraction mm-hmm. was Muppet Vision 3D. Okay, which was basically, <laughs> basically you walking into um, this 3D Muppet show. Okay, right. And it was a it was a 3D kind of like movie, and they had some kind of like inter- interactive, like kind of like puppetry going on and around. Statler and Wardorf were up in the balcony, actually there talking to you a little bit. It was fun. It was it was mad, mad fun. Okay, and what I learned is that this was actually the last thing Muppet related. That Jim Henson actually worked on before he passed away, oh nice, um because this was they they worked on this right around the time that they were working out the deal for Disney to buy Jim Henson, right uh, the right, Muppets right. well, they started talking about it and and then he passed away, and then like about five years later, Disney actually then bought the Muppets right okay, so they got Muppet vision three d there great, fantastic It's in Hollywood studios, right Okay. And it's been there for like ever since they they bought the Muppets, which now is over ten years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And like at Disney, every place you go, every attraction empties out into a store. Of course, because they've got they've got your screams. Now they want your money. I, absolutely fine. So I leave the Muppet Muppet 3D, go into the store. Right, I'm ready to get my Muppet on because right. I'm like, you know what? I like me some Muppets. I, you know, I need a new key, new keychain. Let me get a Kermit keychain or something like that. Right. So I'm walking around the store. I see Mickey over here. I see Minnie. There's Star Wars, which all makes doesn't make sense to me because I just came out of Muppets. But I'm, I'm like keep waiting for the Muppet. Whatever. I run into the Muppets. Okay. The Muppet kiosk inside the store is literally. I lied to you not. Literally the size of an office cubicle. It's tiny. Why is that? And on it are, is a stuffed Kermit, a stuffed Miss Piggy, and a stuffed animal. Mind you, they're all baby Kermit, baby Miss Piggy, baby animal. Oh, the Muppet babies. Then there are, you flip it, And on the other side, there are magnets and keychains. Now, there are three rows of Mickey Mouse and his friend's magnets and keychains. And there's two rows of Muppet Baby keychains and magnets. That is the extent of Muppet paraphernalia. In all of Disney World, is there a reason for that? No one can explain it. Because, trust me, I asked everyone. It's it's, But you know what? The stores always tell the tale. Like that whole thing you just said about Marvel and now with the Muppets. Like the store always tells the tale about what corporate energy is being mm-hmm. used on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and that's a shame. It is a shame. That and you, and here's the reason why it's it's really even more of a shame. My, um, because we took, um, Tawana's grandson mm-hmm. to the Muppet 3D because he's like he's four years old. Right, my grandson is going on three. He doesn't sit around too much for that. And as a matter of fact, no, 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 he went too. That's right. We we took them both right. So we took them both to that. Up until that point, because they were so little, there's a lot of rides that they were too too small to get on. Right, and they were also at that age where the amusement park doesn't really hit them so much. Sure. Yet. So they're like, eh, yeah, okay, yeah like, can I have this car? All right, cool. <laughs> right. Where's go, the popcorn? Go back to the hotel room. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but when we went into the Muppet 3D, like when you walk in, they like. Have like the whole pregame, like up on the monitors, like prepping you up for what's going to happen inside, and it's like a whole bunch of Muppets going through the stuff. These two boys, who really could care less about most of the rides that, what little rides we they were interested in mm-hmm. up in the up until now, were laughing their brains Aww, off. Oh, it's the Muppets at the at the Muppets. It's the Muppets. We go inside for the Muppet Show. It's a three D thing, and like my my little grandson. He barely keeps the glasses on, Um, but Jaden, who's four years old, he's got the glasses on. He's watching the movie. He's all in. He's cracking up. At one point, one of like the big Muppets, you know, those big like big hairy Muppets, Mm -hmm. he comes running down the aisle. Now, anytime anybody in costume came out during the parades and stuff like that, he was scared. Like like poopless. He's like, no, I'm not having it. It's a little horrifying. Right. This big hairy dude in this dark theater comes running down. He's like, <laughs> he's laughing. He's loving it. My my little grandson. He doesn't keep the glasses on, but he's he's intently watching everything. He's right. he's in. He's bought in. The kids buy in on the Muppets, and so I wanted to continue that energy when we went into the store. Right. And you can't. Disney is suppressing the Muppets. Disney is suppressing the Muppets, and I don't like this. And I don't, I don't like it either. And they own them outright. And they and there's own them. Nothing we can do. And there's nothing we can do. Well, I'm glad you had a good time in Disney World. <laughs> that really upset. Me. I mean, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. It did. However. However. I did meet Uncle Scrooge. Nice. <laughs> I did meet Uncle Scrooge. I mean, you know, talking about a property that traditionally DC hasn't done, DC, Disney hasn't done right by. It's, I'm, well, I'm I mean, Uncle he Scrooge had is, DuckTales. I mean, now. Well, DuckTales was a huge hit yeah, in, the, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, so. And they so, brought it back. Yeah, so yeah, that's excellent. And, and it, it was funny, you know, I literally was a kid. Yeah. Like, I meet, mean, oh, yeah. because, you know, You know, you're just taking a picture, you know, know. with this guy and 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 whatever. I know. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you know what? And I I I just like, you're my favorite Disney character of all. And he then looks at the person, he's putting out his his finger number one, and he points to Donald, and he's like, not him, Uh not (laughs) Mick, me. And then me and Uncle Scrooge start dancing and stuff. I was I was like, I can't even say I was ten years old again because I i was I was twenty years old again yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a dumb kid, man, hey man Disney look <laughs> we talk about Disney and they're the evil empire, and they own everything this I've said it for years. You walk down that little center street, man, and go yes. around the corner and see that castle, yeah, and they're piping when you wish upon a star through the speakers I defy you, yeah. To not have your heart melt. Yeah, man. I mean, It's yeah. real talk. Yeah, it yeah. is it is absolutely real talk, man. And to watch these ladies, these 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 um when Tatiana from The Princess and the Frog. Oh yeah. She came, she was walking along with the parade. And there's like this 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 whole like family that came. You know, everybody, when they go with family, they got the matching shirts. Yeah. And you can see, like, these older older ladies, they all reached out for her hand, like, you know, because she was, you know, a black princess. Black princess. You know? Yeah. It was, it was just a magical time. So it was a really good time. Well, I'm glad. Well, welcome back to Philly. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And, and, and I'm glad to be back here in Philly. All right. All right. Well, and thank you, missionaries, for all of your fine wishes I, yeah. I got them from all of yeah. you. Yeah. Over over the time, I believe Vince that you know there's there's some other things here, but you know we don't want run too late. Sure, sure. I will say this though: transition from a princess to a queen. Mm -hmm. Last weekend for for me, just like for a lot of us, was an emotional roller coaster between Avengers Endgame on Friday when I saw it, yeah, and then Game of Thrones on, on Sunday. See, I didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't sure if you were a Game of Thrones guy. Oh yeah. But Saturday, okay, we caught the Aretha Franklin documentary. Oh, you saw Amazing Grace? We saw Amazing Grace. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it it really, really is. We can talk about it later because you know, like you said, we're running long. But I just wanted to get that on there. Everything that everyone says about Amazing Grace Mm -hmm. is absolutely true. Yeah. And if it is playing near you, go see it. And you need to see it in a theater. In a theater, you need to see it in a theater with other people. Mm. It is that powerful, and and that meaningful, and it is it is a remarkable document of of this otherworldly talent. Mm. So, just want to get that in there, like. Amazing Grace is amazing. Yeah, and it's a documentary, so yeah. go see it now. Yeah, while it's in the theater. You know, again, I plan on owning it. I think it'll be very. But there's a, there there's something about seeing it on that big screen like that, Aretha Franklin in 1971. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, cool. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's May. It is May, which means that the men of the Michelle Mission are asking, may I have another yeah. of those black films that are absolutely no good for you. <laughs> um, Alan Anthony said that I shall never forget <laughs> Vince's refrain from last year. Now, are we going to have to do this again next year, like every May? Because this was terrible. It looked like the answer was a resounding yes. Oof. Thanks for taking another one for the team. Woo. Woo. <laughs> we, the, the water the water is choppy already we, we just left shore we just left shore how's it choppy already uh, well that, that's how life is on the moon <laughs> alright when you're rolling with the adventures of Pluto Nash we'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it Two hundred thirty nine thousand miles from Earth in the blackness of space, there is a giant rock called the Moon. The And in the year 2087, its future will be in the hands of one man. (laughs) Eddie Murphy is... Pluto Nash. Pluto. Pluto Nash. It is a pleasure to meet me. The battle between pretty evil... Let's get it right this time. Pretty good. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at me. Begin. Well, uh, we were thinking a little more of uh, bubblage. Hey! Oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy. A pleasure to meet you, Pluto. You married twins, huh? No, they're not twins. I, I met the perfect woman and then I had a clone. <laughs> which one's which? Who cares? The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Whoa! Whoa! Why don't you take these Hillary's? We appreciate you helping us out. The Adventures of Pluto Nash is a 2002 American science fiction action comedy directed by Ron Underwood and starring Eddie Murphy, Randy Quaid, Rosario Dawson, Joe uh, P- J. Jay Maurer, J- Mauer, Louise Gooseman, James Redburn, Peter Boyle. Pam Greer and John Cleese the film was released on in the United States on April 16th 2002 a major critical and financial failure the Adventures of Pluto Nash <laughs> received overwhelmingly negative reviews and is notable for being one of the biggest box office bombs in the history of cinema And for the record, it bombed so big that before we started recording, Lynn and I were looking at things, and I thought, I I couldn't believe the number that I saw. I thought maybe I had added some extra zeros. But we'll talk about all of that, as well as many other things. (laughs) As we begin, Mother May I, with The Adventures of Pluto Nash, brought to us by Lynn Webb. Lynn what say you of the adventures of Pluto Nash well what i will start with i will say what this movie isn't okay the first okay the adventures uh the adventure adventures yes it is i i, I couldn't remember if it was plural the adventures of pluto nash For 100 million dollars i hope he had more than one adventure <laughs> well It is neither an adventure (laughs) nor a comedy. (laughs) Uh, This movie is um, neither... It's not inventive. Mm. It's not original. Mm. It's not well directed. Mm. It's not well written. Mm. It's not well acted. Mm. It's... (laughs) It's not good. Mm. But I will tell you what the Adventures of Pluto Nash is. Ah. The Adventures of Pluto Nash is a missed opportunity. Interesting. Because as I watch this thing develop in front of me, in this, first of all, first of all, this movie looks like it was filmed not only was it does it look like it was filmed on a sound stage mm-hmm. which I believe for the most part it was. I'm assuming they didn't film it on the moon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it looks like it was filmed on a sound stage of days gone by. Right, right, right. It looks like it was filmed back on a soundstage from the 60s maybe even the 50s right you know which actually um if you look at some of the set design Mm -hmm. some of the clothing that is worn right some of the design of the ships which mock automobiles of the 50s and 60s it it kind of put you in a mindset that maybe that's what an aesthetic that they were going for. Right, right, right. I think that was deliberate. Right. So, with that in mind, the opportunity that was lost there was then to lean in Mm. with that aesthetic and go foreborn with that. Mm -hmm. Whether it be to mockingly make a 50s sci-fi uh TV show that had all you know the, the like crazy like you know bubble helmets and all that type of stuff right you know you either you lean into that or you lean into the movie serials of those days right. like your Flash Gordon and your Buck Rogers you know um, and just make this a, a true truly rousing Adventures of Pluto Nash. So if you... The the aesthetic is there and I think that Eddie Murphy, at least in interviews over the years, has shown an appreciation for science fiction. Certainly, we know he was a a huge fan of Star Trek. Absolutely. Um, So he's shown an affinity for that type of stuff. It actually boggled my mind that this is actually the first science fiction movie that he's done. I because you can't really count The Golden Child cuz that was more fantasy. Interesting. But this is like really his first science fiction movie and you would have you, you would have felt that with him having that in his heart, he would have gone there sooner as opposed to this. Right. But he's doing this. And if the script And the direction maybe leans into what that aesthetic is trying to set up. Maybe then Eddie Murphy wakes up. Right. And has some fun. Right. In this movie, instead of basically sleepwalking and leaning on just the old Eddie Murphy isms, you know, and, and, and even them barely barely taking them out of the pocket Mm -hmm. you know something he just found in his pocket oh yeah i can put this laugh on (laughs) you know um and, and and then you might actually have something because the cast oh my god is there the cast is there they're not doing anything they're i mean nobody gets off nobody is good but you paid him to be room. there but you paid them to be like there. you paid peter boyle to be there you paid for john cleese to a, 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 a literal monty python to be right the voice of your cab right you know so and and you're just gonna waste you're gonna waste him um So you've got them there, but you have to imagine that they're going to take their lead from the director, Ron Underwood, and your lead actor, Eddie Murphy. Right. And neither of them are doing anything. No. They're not doing nothing. No. You know, Jay Marr and Miguel Nunes, I got a feeling that those two are... Well, I know Jay Marr is a good friend of Eddie Murphy, because they kind of came up in in, um, the comedy clubs together. Sure. So... And I would imagine Miguel Nunez is probably the same thing. Miguel Nunez, in and out of this movie. You know, he's in the beginning, and then he, d- he dips oh my, out. Oh I mean, like, God. how do you waste that? Oh, my you God. You waste Miguel Nunez for basically just to, to, to serve some drinks? Is this before or after life? Do you know off the top of your head? This is Afterlife, So you know what Miguel sure Nunez is capable of. Exactly. Oh, my um, God. This, it just really... This, so those two are just doing a solid for Eddie. Right, That's right. what I got to figure. Okay, they're doing Eddie a solid. Randy quit. Randy Quaid, if I remember correctly, this if this is not after this is around the time that you know the Randy Quaid is story is crazy stories right, right. are hitting the news. Right. And um, if there's any, I don't want to speak ill of his personal life because I don't know about all of that sure. type of stuff. You know, it's all conjecture. But Randy Quaid, who has been an actor that. Reasonable talent, most of the time I see him. He's solid. He's solid, solid. But based on what he's doing here, eh, maybe there's some truth to it. Because I don't know what the hell he's doing. Um, You know, uh, 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 Alec Baldwin picks up a quick check. Um, What the hell, man? (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I mean, he, he picks up a check and rolls out. Then you've got uh, you've got uh, Joe Pantin, uh, Pantin and Liano, um, basically sleepwalking in this movie. Burt Young on his last leg, so he's just he's he's paying off some medical bills. Oh, um, it's this movie is just real. If they made it actually in two thousand, it that sat on the shelf. Makes so much. Okay, go ahead. Go it ahead. Sat on the that, shelf for two okay. years. The last piece just clicked. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Because, I got it. And if I, you, got it. And if you, I got it. And if you, I got it. And if you didn't know that, ladies and gentlemen, just listen to the dated music <laughs> in this. In this, it's supposed to take place. It, I believe it's supposed to take place in the year twenty eighty. About to say twenty eight. Well, twenty eighty seven. Okay. Right. Remember, it but opens in twenty eighty. and then fast forwards seven years because, I, I mean, that's a great way to tell a story. Yes. Uh... <laughs> And yet, we're led to believe that by 2087, New New Jack Swing is still in full effect. Because that's all the music that we're hearing in this movie. You know what it made me think of? What? Because by by the time they were playing the music, I almost zoned out with some of the other (laughs) stuff. Remember Andromeda? From Buck Rogers? Yes. Yes. Ah! What you yes. know about Andromeda yes. from Buck Rogers? Did you like Buck Rogers? I don't know if we've Buck ever Buck Rogers about- in the 25th century. Yeah, Gil Gerard, baby. I, I was an Aaron Grey man. Hey, who wasn't? I liked I I liked it a little bit. It-, it it got tired. The second season was horrible. All right, that's true. But it, it- but yes. But it- that first season first was nice. Season was-, was, you know, Gil Gerard, you know. All right, I guess we can't talk about Buck Rogers. Uh, yeah. All right, go ahead. I wish we could. Go ahead. <laughs> but Andromeda did the space disco. Yes, <laughs> <it> <laughs> <did>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what Yes. Buck Rogers is what? 80... Uh, what eight, 84? <laughs> yeah, oh right, yeah. 84? And it's still a better lo- oh. look of the future oh. than Pluto oh. Nash in oh. 2000. Andromeda was nice, quietly. I mess mess with Andromeda. I mean, there. And I'm look. I'm dude. I am so looking at this movie. Like, like okay. There's got to be something. Like, what? What got you all here? You know. So here's my theory. What's your theory? And and when you said it was because you know this was your movie and I didn't research it that (laughs) that much. (laughs) i have to save my energy (laughs) like my shitty movie is next week (laughs) so i kind of i did my due diligence and looked at some stuff but i didn't do my deep dive research gotcha you saying it was made in 2000 makes complete sense you know what when we talk about the history of science fiction films mm-hmm. and and sort of the waves and in the in these sort of films that kind of set a precedent and then other films kind of follow in their wake right we spent a lot of time over the past 10 years talking about the matrix yes in films that followed the matrix with the aesthetic and the bullet time and everything and the leather mm-hmm. and all of that I submit that there is another quiet vein of films. Another film that 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 birthed another wave that we don't talk about as much because no one got it right. Okay. Men in black birthed a whole slew of these sort of lights airy sci-fi comedy sci-fi comedies where they tried to capture that feel okay and okay. everything you just said where it's 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 where where you look at the design on men in black mm-hmm. and it's informed by the 50s it's informed by that 60s aesthetic you look at the tone of men in black even because what really made me think about it is that speaking of the music the music Sounds like somebody hired someone and said, make a score like Danny Elfman's. Oh, you're talking about the actual score? The actual okay. score okay. for Pluto Nash right. sounds like someone listened to Danny Elfman and said, make some Danny Elfman music. Okay, yeah, I, can, I, get, I get that, yeah. And it fails. First of all, nothing has been as clever and smart as Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Since Men in Black that has tried to do that, including the sequels mm-hmm. to Men in Black. This script is terrible. Yeah. This script is absolutely embarrassing because it I don't think there was any effort put into it whatsoever. Like the whole shtick is that it's in the future and it's in space. Yeah. And every attempt at a joke orbits around that yep like you said the cast i was actually distracted by how good the cast was like i could not believe how good this cast was by by, by who they were who not they how were. good no, they no, no, are not how well they performed who they actually were mm-hmm. and they just kept wheeling them out yeah like I, I was waiting for like al pacino to show up like they just kept wheeling out like how do you have and I'm going to go back to Peter Boyle cuz Peter Boyle is one of my favorite actors from this period. Like that that you know I kind of rediscovered on Everybody loves, loves Raymond. Everybody Loves Raymond. And then you kind of saw him or you noticed him in other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you start with with um yep. Young Frankenstein. Right. But how do you have Peter Boyle in here and not do anything with him? I mean, you Nothing. talk about John uh, John, Glee, John John Cleese. This is Pam Grier after Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah. How, how do that, you, yeah. Like, like, I just, like, I just, it is incomprehensible how the cast is wasted. Yep. Speaking of men black, I think Eddie Murphy is almost trying to pull a Will Smith and lean on his charm. hmm Yes, you see, and leaning really hard on it. But it's not there. Nope. It's not there. Nope. And, you know, for my money, Eddie Murphy's strength has never been his charm. No. It's been his wit. hmm And like you said, he is, he is sleepwalking through this entire thing. Yep. There's, you know, the, the plot twist that they telegraphed in the first half hour mm-hmm. where, you know, the big bad that right. I immediately knew what, what that was. Thanks mm-hmm. to you, actually. <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm going to spoil Pluto Nash. As soon as they said that the big bad was someone that no one had ever seen, and then they introduced the concept of cloning, I said, Oh, well, it's going to be a clone of somebody in the cast. And I was like, Oh, but I mean, who I mean, will it be Pam Greer? Will it be Peter Boyle? Will it be Rosario Dawson? Like, who? But then I had Lynn in my head. You he was like the ghost Lynn, like <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. And you said, Eddie Murphy is too arrogant to have anyone else play this role <laughs> but himself. <laughs> and I said, "You're right, Obi Wan Lin. It will be Eddie Murphy." <laughs> and it it is. It's it's it it it's it, it's so much of a train wreck that by the end, I was just fascinated by how many bad decisions could be made one after another. I know. I know it's it's, and the thing is with him sleepwalking like he does. He spends most of his the movie with Rosario Dawson and Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid is in another movie. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, they don't know what to do with him. They don't know what to do with him. Uh, Rosario Dawson in a thankless role. Yeah, in a role that was originally um, actually was uh, Jennifer Lopez. But she turned it down. <laughs> Say what you want about Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez has good instincts. Well, everyone could smell this one. Yeah, I think Rosario. You know, two thousand Rosario probably is like you know, hey, I'm taking whatever check I can get. Right, right. The check will clear. The check will clear. Yeah. You know, in her mind, like I'm bet, I'm betting on Eddie, Eddie Murphy, in a one hundred million dollar budget. Well, here's the thing, and and that's the thing. The movie was made in 2000, which means that it was probably like, he probably booked it in 1999. Right. 1999 is when he does life. Right. And the other movie that comes out in 1999 is Bowfinger. Right. Two movies that mild success. True. But underrated critically. Right, especially for his work in both of those films. Right, so that's what gets him then booked for Pluto Nash. Okay, you know, all right. So like you did Life, which is kind of like this, you know, dramedy type mm-hmm. of thing, maybe if you want to put it that way. And Bowfinger, it was like kind of like off kilter thing, yeah. And you don't know whether or not is it Eddie's movie, is it Steve Martin's right. movie, and, and it's a you know high concept satire. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now you're gonna let's go, let's go balls to the wall. Comedy, sci-fi, Eddie Murphy. He's basically um, more or less he's Axel Foley in space because he's more or less playing the same character. You know, um it's a it's a it's a no-brainer. It can't lose. Yeah. I think he's just cashing a check because Eddie Murphy, who's fully aware of this, God bless Ron Underwood, but he's not. No, a great director, not at all. And you can't tell me Eddie Murphy couldn't have gotten a better director. Y- yeah, you can't tell me Eddie Murphy couldn't have demanded some rewrites to the script. Eddie Murphy cashed a check. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, absolutely right. And this is actually because um, I did a little bit of research. Um, this film, <laughs> which you can tell actually was given birth to the script in the 80s. Yeah, oh yeah. And then it just kind of floated around Uh um, until April of 2000 when it finally gets gets made and then sat on a shelf for two years. I'm telling you, people try to catch the alchemy of men in black. And to a certain extent, Because this came out, Men in Black came out in 96. Mm -hmm. The next year, Mars Attacks comes out. Okay. And I don't think Mars Attacks is as successful as Men in Black. Not at all. In capturing that kind of 50s. Right. But but I think Mars Attacks is a solid film. It's a solid film, but it's not as successful. Yeah. And I think people tried to, to, you know, catch that lightning in a bottle. Mm Mm-hmm. But you need a skilled screenwriter. You need a script. Yeah. And you need a director. Yep. To make that work. Yep. And this has neither. Nothing. Nothing. And, it, and, it, and I, it's like I say, it is a shame because I think just from the name. Sure. And from, like I said, again, the set design. The set design is nothing to brag about. But if you lean in on that, there was, there's something there. Look, there really is. And I, and and the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, wow, this is really a shame. Because even when you look at Rosario Dawson, she's even kind of made up a little 50-ish. The hairdo. You know, with the hairdo. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and Absolutely. So she's in the, and the bright red lipstick. She's, she's got that going on. She, she, she at least knows what, what movie she's in. She's, Again, she she's definitely cashing a check. This is not the best of Rosaria Dawson. No. I'm sure this is no longer on her resume. No. But you know, she knows what movie she's in. At least to look at her, everybody. It's look. My favorite a mess. My favorite random skit from Saturday Night Live of the past twenty years is Spaceman Jones, hmm. where the whole the whole joke of Spaceman Jones mm-hmm. is Tracy Morgan. Plays a 50s type sci fi adventurer. Okay. And then it opens up and it's this big long song about Spaceman Jones and he's in space and it's the rocket ships with the fins and it's always some space women with beehive hairdos. And then the joke is Tracy Morgan talks like a dude from Brooklyn. Okay. Yo, what's good? You trying to do something? <laughs> But there's more energy mm-hmm. and more of of that sort of, of of subversive understanding of what all is going on right under the surface, right, with that '50s stuff, right, and those stupid spaceman Jones skits mm-hmm. than in this whole movie. And and I, I I it it is like 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 you said it's 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 a waste. Because you have this cast, yep, and apparently somebody wrote a check for one hundred million dollars. <laughs> yes, let, let, let's 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 like hit that really on the head, ladies and gentlemen. How did this have a budget of one hundred million dollars? And, and mind you, it had a it was the budget was estimated at one hundred million dollars with a marketing costs of twenty million dollars. Is that additional? That's not under the hundred. <laughs> no. Are that, you serious? That's additional. That's additional. <laughs> The movie would go on to make domestically $4.4 <laughs> oh, That's right. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, this is the number. This is the number. I said, oh, hell, maybe I need glasses. I know I can't be reading this right. How much money did it lose, Lynn? <laughs> How much money did it lose? Overseas, it made an additional $2.7 million. Oh, okay. So its total worldwide gross was 7 million dollars. (laughs) Which means it lost how much? How much? Minus 120. It it lost like 113 million dollars. Well, mind you I'd have actually murdered somebody. (laughs) Like I'd have actually come to the office and I would have murdered somebody. You probably shouldn't go in the meeting room. Vince is murdering junior executives. Mind you, on DVD release. <laughs> so my little three dollars that I spent today to rent it, I helped them recoup. I'm helping them recoup. In in DVD rental, <laughs> the movie gross uh just short of twenty-five million dollars. Damn, how'd it make twenty-five million dollars on rentals? Well that that's Probably since 2000. I'm I'm saying no. It is, however, yet to be released on Blu-ray. No. I'm not sure the demand is there for The Adventures of Pluto. Here's a little foreshadowing. The film that I make, that I'm choosing next week, is available on Blu-ray. Thank you. Put a pin in that. Thank you. We'll come back to that. I'm wondering whether or not this DVD rental came as part of like an <laughs> Eddie Murphy box. Set. Right, right, right. right, there, right there, the Eddie Murphy collection. Yeah, but it's Nutty like, Professor, Nutty Professor Two, and Adventures of Pluto. And Adventures of Pluto. <laughs> and then you can get the second one where it's like Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop Two, and Meet Dave. <laughs> 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 which on the back of the meet dave disc is the adventures of because we gotta recoup oh boy good lord a hundred and thirteen you know what one time I lost a twenty dollar bill <laughs> Like you ever lose some money out, like you take some money out your wallet and then another bill goes Mm -hmm. and like I lost that $20, I almost cried over that $20. (laughs) Like actual tears I almost shed because I had a $20 bill and then I no longer had a $20 (laughs) bill. A hundred million dollars. Yes. Um... As Vince mentioned, the movie was a huge failure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have murdered somebody. They would be glad I wasn't working at Paramount. Rotten Tomatoes ranked the film 79th <laughs> in the 100 worst <laughs> movies of the 2000s with a rating of 4%. Oh my god! Based on 87 reviews. Oh, it's terrible. It was nominated. <clears throat> for 5 Golden Raspberry Awards in okay. 2003 including worst picture, worst actor, <laughs> worst director, oh. worst screenplay, it, it's a terrible screenplay and worst couple Eddie Murphy and his clone oh. <laughs> He turned the wheel around and little Goslin, like he turned the chair around and it was Eddie Murphy's clone. It was a big reveal. And Goslin behind my shoulder just nodded his head knowingly and gave me a thumbs up sign. And then I gave you a thumbs up sign too. But going out like the loser that it is, Pluto Nash did not win any of those golden raspberries. Oh, you happen to know what beat it for screenplay? I, well, I mean if you don't know it's fine. I don't I thought I don't maybe know. you had it up cuz I'm wondering what was a worse <clears throat> screenplay than Pluto Nash that I, year I do not know However um at the 25th Golden Raspberry Awards in 2005 okay it was nominated for the worst comedy of their 25 years okay where it lost out to Julie You know I've never actually seen Geely It's bad Is it is it as bad as they say Yes. Okay, it's which kind of transitions. You know, I've, I've said before, I think Eddie Murphy a lot of times gets a little... It, it's sort of like I talked about with Will Smith, mm-hmm. where he gets a little bit more venom. Like, it's always a little extra added venom. But this is terrible. This is terrible. This is actually terrible. But you know what? I, actually, when I think about it, this, th- that may be a little bit of karma on Eddie Murphy's side, that he lost out to Geely. Okay. Because Geely came out in 2003. Okay, so it's not hard to imagine that you know and that star Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez at the height of their 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 romance at right. the time. Okay. So it's not hard Jennifer to imagine that a Jennifer instance. Lopez dropped out of Pluto Nash to make to make to make Julie. Julie. Uh, so oh, there you go. So there you go. So that's there one. That's we, one for our team. There's one for our team. There you go. Go ahead, Eddie. It's it's it is baffling. You know, I have a film chosen. I almost want to pick Meet Dave. Because now I'm sitting here talking and realizing I've never seen Meat Day no. from beginning to end. Don't do that. Please. Oh, I'm not. Don't. Don't do that. Don't do Holy man. Don't do. <laughs> just let you. I'm giving you. <sighs> just stay away. Just stay away. We've done Eddie Murphy we've for done, May. We've done Eddie Murphy for May. So, but before we get into what you was your selection for next week, um, would you recommend? I would not. And. <laughs> Well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, come on. You know me. Like, I'm always looking for an interesting angle. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that this is part of this kind of vein. I'll, I'll throw in, speaking of Will Smith, I'll throw in a Wild Wild West. Okay. I think Wild Wild West tried to recapture that alchemy. Mm-hmm. I, go, go watch Men in Black. I mean, I, I know we, you know, spoiler, we got Men in Black on the docket. But yeah. but like it really made me want to go and watch Men in Black. Interesting. So, so no, I would not recommend. This oh, I would not recommend at, at all under any circumstances no. whatsoever. No, 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 no. Do not go see this movie. Okay, <laughs> Do- this made me laugh. At one point, Eddie Murphy is running and he gets into a, a gunfight, and and Rosera Dawson's character has figured out that he's headed into a trap. Oh. And she runs into the building as like 30 dudes are shooting at Eddie Murphy. Yes. And she runs in and screams, It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah. That was so, the only thing that made me laugh. It did not, that did not make me laugh. I remember that moment. Yeah. It did not make me laugh. Okay. There was there was absolutely nothing yeah. in this movie that made me laugh. Yeah, this is pretty terrible. So would would you mm-hmm. recommend this? Film? No. <laughs> I would only recommend this. This uh, movie with one proviso, okay. And I only just—I always wanted to say one proviso. Ooh, fancy! Going so that Florida you could back fancy. get this movie, and fast forward to the scene where Jay Moore, uh huh, does his Frank Sinatra impersonation. Yes. So that you can watch the reason why Jay Moore is not successful. Oh. Because I, Jay Moore always struck me as like a three dollar, uh, what what was his name? The guy that um, oh the the comedian Dennis Miller, like a three dollar Dennis Miller. Oof, that's a tough, that's a tough person to be a three dollar version of. I know, but I don't know he he, because he's a comedian, but then he's also an actor, and I I've never liked him as an actor. I never really understood why he was famous. He, or or famous esque, he was because he was a comedian. I mean, lots of comedians. Well, and he he was he's not a bad looking guy, and and it's lots of not bad looking guys. And the story on him, from what I understand, uh-huh. is that while he can be like he plays a lot a jerk a lot, right? Like in the movies and TV that he he does. And the story, from what I understand, is that while he does have some jerk in him, right? For whatever reason, he's one of those guys that is. Becomes friends with a lot of people. Okay. Now maybe that's worn thin over the years. I don't know. Right. That was the story I had always heard about him, and why he always kept getting these jobs. I always kind of put him in the same category of like Rob Schneider and and David Spade, along those lines, where these are people that I never quite understood how they made the cut Mm -hmm. over other equally mediocre talents. Well. They both had, but see, but but then they were in like they they ran with these squads. They ran with the squads, and both of them, you know, both of them made their made made their bones on Saturday Night Live. But that's my point. And Jay Moore was on Saturday Night Live, and 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 that's my point exactly. But the problem with Jay Moore is that he wasn't there with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock, right? So that he could be in the squad. In that squad, yeah, you know, Chris Farley, like he wasn't in that squad, Right, right? Like that was the squad to be in if you were mediocre. Yep, and yep. then look up, and thirty years later, somehow, you're you're like viable, mm-hmm. like like you actually are viable. But yeah, I just you know like yeah, no, he rolled with Eddie, and Eddie, I don't Eddie know. Eddie took him to the moon. I'm um, Eddie took him to the moon, but you know Eddie, Eddie doesn't really have a Saturday Night Live squad. No, Eddie Eddie has Arsenio. Eddie has Arsenio, and I believe Urkel, and that's it. Urkel. Yeah, I think he like kind of like rolled with them for a little bit. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure how you dropped this little Jim. That was the story that the... I heard that he wrote, wrote, wrote with him after he when he you know he got uh, as as an adult, he kind of like got in that in that scene a little bit. I have never. Heard this before, and yeah. now there's nothing I want more than to be somewhere with Eddie Murphy and Urkel. No, dude, dude, and, and I'm drawing to yeah, I'm, Jaleel, I, White, Jaleel, Jaleel White. White, yeah, I hate to call him Urkel, right? Jaleel White, because I actually like Jaleel White, and I do like he's Jaleel. a really interesting guy. He's a very interesting yeah. guy, a guy who long, long ago realized to just accept who he was yeah. and just be him. Um, made his money and and, and bounced and bounced and lived his life. Like you know? put it this way. I was actually surprised that Jaleel White would be somewhere with Eddie Murphy, because I think really? Eddie Murphy is kind of a weirdo. He like is. Jaleel White strikes me as like a like a real dude. He's a real dude, but I mean, like you know, he was a dude with some money. Out I mean, in don't get me wrong. I mean, I'd roll with Eddie Murphy, but it's it just I never would have put the two of them together. I wouldn't have rolled with Eddie Murphy. Wow, this is the most interesting part of this entire episode. <laughs> well, something had to be. <laughs> Jaleel White and Eddie Murphy, and from what I understand, Johnny Gill.
1: Yeah, well,
0: well, yeah, Johnny Gill. Johnny Gill, I like Johnny Gill. So is Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh, Oh! flag on the play. (laughs) What minute was that? You got to edit that out. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. Got to edit that out. Mm -mm, mm -mm, No, no, I was cursing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. I do not see Omar Dorsey oh, here, so I am not editing that out. I feel angry dude. because I had to watch Pluto Nash. <laughs> that was mean spirited. Woo. <laughs> oh, oh. um. Just crossed Johnny Gill off the <laughs> <best> list. <laughs> Mama, my mama. Okay. she'll sure look good tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe Bell Bibdom. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, Pluto Nash. Call Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, hey. Take our word for it. <laughs> Don't go see Pluto Nash. Don't go see Pluto Nash under any. Here's the thing now. I wonder why you're going to see Pluto Nash. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, you know, there's some Eddie Murphy completists out there that, you know. I mean, hell, I'm an Eddie Murphy completist and I hadn't seen it. Well, then you're not a complete. Well, now you are. <laughs> As an Eddie Murphy completist, you have to see it. So, So, you're welcome. Alright, before Vince reveals what we're going to be reviewing next week on May I Have Another we invite you to um, get at us with all of your feedback and thoughts and concerns. Email us at mission at gmail.com show is spelled m-i-c-h-e-a-u-x m-i-s-s-i-o-n at gmail.com Like and follow us on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at Micho Mission, join the Facebook group at Micho Mission. Um, also, we want to let you let you know that we will be taking part in the Blurred City Con. Yes, sir. In July, on July 13th, we will be doing a live Micho Mission in. Brooklyn, New York. We are going to be reviewing Men in Black. Yes, we will. We will have a very special guest star with us to be announced shortly. Yep. Um, go to Blurred City Con dot. Uh, Google blurredcitycon. You get all the information. I don't want to give them the wrong um, uh, URL. Sure. Address. So sure. Look up City Con. Uh Check that out. And uh, this show is will be available in an edited form on WPPM Philly Cam, one hundred six point five FM here in the city of brotherly love every Saturday at one p.m. And on Mondays you can wake up, spend your mornings with me. Show Mondays at nine a.m. on ninety one point seven FM WKDU, the voice of Drexel University. The Michelle Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate. Podcast Network Podglomerate Curated Podcast just for your enjoyment, ladies and gentlemen. Cool podcasts it's like the Me Show Mission and like the Feast. Check it out. That's a that's a beast of a podcast. And also, if you are a, a lady podcaster out there, I invite you get down with respect the women's podcast festival. Go to respectpodfest.com. The women's podcast festival takes place in August here in Philadelphia. August 24th and 25th at Amalgam Commerce and Coffee House. Check that out, respectpodfest.com for more information. All right, Vince. Yes. Yes. May I have another black film that is not good for anyone to see? You may. You may, Lynn. The year was 1985. Hip-hop had emerged as a cultural force that would be reckoned with for the next several decades. At this moment, none of us really knew what we were witnessing. There were, however, several films that we look back on that capture this moment as hip-hop begins to seep into the public consciousness. Oh, boy. I know what we're watching. <laughs> There's, of course, the classic documentary, Wild Style, featuring epic performances by groups such as Cold Crush Crew. hmm There's a film that is in fact one of my favorite films documenting hip hop if not my favorite film beat street yes which also captures performances by such hip hop legends as the rock steady crew melly mel as well as addressing issues of cultural appropriation that we still grapple with to this day yes there's breaking Which, while it is not that good of a film, it does have a certain amount of charm to it. True. So that there are fans of breaking, and I count myself among those fans, even though I would never argue that breaking is a good film. Right. There's Crush Groove. Yes. Very loosely. Very loosely. Very loosely showing and recording the early history of Def Jam, but, you know, also performances by the Fat Boys, mm-hmm. performances by, you know, the aforementioned Melly Mel. And Run DMC. And, of course, Run DMC in the first film appearance of LL Cool J. Yes, and you can find it, um, look in the archives of the Michelle Mission. There you go. So there were films that, as lovers of hip-hop, I can point to and say to someone, these kind of captured the zeitgeist of the moment, if you will. Next week, we shall not be viewing any of those films. Oh, no. Next week, we will watch a film starring, speaking of movies from this, from this, from this period, Michelle Mission favorite The Last Dragon, Leo O'Brien, who starred as the little brother on Last Dragon, a young Eric LaSalle before he was on ER. My favorite and yours, Kadeem Hardison. And starring Mario Van Peebles oh, God. as John Rappin' Hood, an MC who uses the power of rapping to drive out the riffraff from his Pittsburgh neighborhood and fight against a developer coming in. Next week on the Michelle Mission, we proudly present a critique of 1985's Rappin'. R-A-P-P-I-N apostrophe. Rappin'. Next week here on the Michelle Mission. Tune in next week, ladies and gentlemen, when uh, Vince and his guest host, his wife, review (laughs) rapping. Oh, no. Oh, no, mother. You may have another. The hell it is. If I sat through Pluto Nash. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. God. Heads up to the missionaries who view it with us. Um believe it or not, rapping isn't streaming anywhere. It isn't. It is not. Oh darn. It How is... are we going to review it because I am so devoted to the mission <laughs> that I spent $9.18 <laughs> oh my God. on the DVD. You couldn't find a video store going out of business that you could have gotten it thrown in with a copy of Adventures of Little Nash. I could have spent $14 and gotten a Blu-ray. <laughs> this is a blue- Blu-ray. There's a Blu-ray of Rapping. You can see Rapping in beautiful, pristine 4K. <laughs> what bonus features are there on Rapping? You know what? And this guy's honest truth: I didn't look because I knew it was going to be something on there, and I was going to say, "Oh yeah, well I got to get the blue." <laughs> like I, like I was afraid to look, and it was going to You're say, to be it, "It was going to be say, like Kadeem Artisan <laughs> screen test," and I was going to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I got it, I got I'm gonna it. have to get. <laughs> That's worth five dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get that." Meryl Van Peeble shares his recipe for spinach dip oh man oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) and a PDF for rapping too (laughs) so yeah rapping R-A-P-P-I-N apostrophe because you know you blacks drop your G's You know, I, I think I, I think linguistically the term for the negro tongue is lazy. <laughs> the blacks have lazy tongues, so they tend to drop their g's. I actually if I remember correctly, paid to go see rapping in the movies. Oh, I know I did. And left <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure to go play basketball I mean uh, you browse probably a better use of your time. it most certainly was yeah yes yeah. Um, and I've never seen the I've never seen the full movie well you will see it this time okay all right spoiler Mary Van Peebles is gonna save the day with the power of rap because when I think of MCs it's <laughs> done that comes to mind more, more quickly. The 1985 Mario Van Peebles. Well, <laughs> that's what May's for. So that's what May is <laughs> Buckle for. up, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy month. <laughs> Alright, that's next week. <laughs> Until then, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.